0: Welcome to Here's A Social on the Air episode 45, which happens to be Jenny's favorite number. to you from our world headquarters in San Francisco. Welcome to Here's a Social on the Air. I'm Victor Gaxiola. And today we have a very special episode. I've invited three people, two from our customer success team. We got a duck in the room. It's pretty awesome. We also have one of my colleagues from the marketing team that's going to join us. And we're going to be talking about the Social Business Innovation Summit that just took place this past week. So welcome.
1: Thank you.
2: Thank
3: you. Thanks a lot.
0: Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to first walk around the room, if you will, and just kind of introduce each one of you. And as we typically do, so this is kind of an abbreviated employee spotlight series because I really want to get to the material on the Social Business Innovation Summit. So sitting to my left, we've got Divya from our customer success team. So welcome.
1: Hi, Victor. My name is Divya Gupta, and I'm a customer success executive Mm -hmm. with HRC Social.
0: Great. And uh, how long have you been with us, Divya? Eight months. Eight months. Under a year. Yeah. And so you're with Customer Success and also our third guest or our second guest, I should say, Jenny, joining us also from Customer Success.
2: Yes. My name is Jenny Weens, and I'm also a Customer Success Executive and I've been at the company for
0: three years. Three years. Wow. Wow. You're, you've been around for a while. That's great. So you've, you know where all the bodies are buried, which is good. And then joining us and rounding off the team here, we have Alyssa joining us from the marketing team.
3: Hey Victor, um, I hope you know who I am since I sit like three feet away from you. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Um, I'm Alyssa DeSantis. I'm on the marketing team. I do product marketing. Uh, before hearsay, I was at a couple different startups doing social media stuff and then enterprise stuff. So now I'm excited to be here and combine both.
0: All right, all right. So let's start with a little bit of backgrounds. Like I said, it's typically an abbreviated employee spotlight series we usually spend. In this case, we have three people and I was just in New York and did the same thing. So uh, why don't we start off by just me asking, um, where were you before you were working at Hearsay Social? And then specifically from that, just uh, what brought you to Hearsay Social? So we'll start over here with Divya.
1: Yeah, before Hearsay, I spent eight years as a management consultant with Deloitte Consulting in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just moved to California actually in July, so less than a year ago. So I had a lot of changes going on in my life. Moved to California, joined the startup world, You know, being in Silicon Valley. And what brought me here was, you know, I I spent, again, with eight years with such a huge company, I really wanted to, you know, change paths, you know, be part of a smaller company, you know, understand, you know, be part of a product and see the company grow from marketing, product, engineering, Mm -hmm. which it's hard to get that experience in a bigger company. So Mm -hmm. that was why I switched and joined Hearsay and Hearsay opportunity came along, which was I couldn't I couldn't pass it up
0: and you work with clients all over the the United States yes
1: so uh, right. so with your social I work right now I have five customers that I work with within the insurance within the PNC insurance space and uh, they're all, all across the US
0: mm-hmm. all right well great and uh, Jenny, you also work in customer success, and you've been here for three years. Were you always in customer success the three years they've been here?
2: Not quite. Um, I've always been in tech, however. Um, prior to Hearsay, I worked at Facebook for about five years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I got to see the company scale from 250 employees to several thousand. Wow. And I wanted that experience again, but even at a smaller, smaller scale, smaller company. So I joined Hearsay when it was about 65 employees. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's been really fun to scale the company and and see how much we've grown.
0: Wow, that's great. Yeah, and it must be, I mean, because we're three times that probably or close to that at this point. So to see that, growth over the course of the three years. Um, So were you here prior to hearsay social actually having its very specific focus on the financial services industry?
2: Yes, I Mm -hmm. was. The majority of our clients were um, insurance based companies, Mm -hmm. um, but we still had a few companies that were not in this space. Um, But as we as we became more specialized and learn more about the industry um it made a lot of sense to be completely
0: verticalized mm-hmm. so and before so before we move on to elissa i just question for the two of you since you both work in customer success can you tell us a little bit more about the work that you do day to day uh in working with our customers
2: sure yeah every day is a new challenge right we like Divya mentioned, we have between five and ten customers apiece generally, um, all fin- financial services specific for the most part. And um, a day-to-day is I get in the morning and um, check check my email, make sure no one's on fire. <laughs> 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 um, and then really it's we work through challenges, work making sure our customers um, have adopted properly, making sure their social strategy is um where it needs to be, um, and then we 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 cater them to them every every day and make sure that they have a successful journey.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, pretty much the same thing. And you know, our role is here to really be partners. You know, we are partners with our client as they're going through this journey because even social is new new to some of them as well. They're still figuring out the space and journey, how to adapt our product, how to best use it, how to best adopt it to their own business strategy. So mm-hmm. just partnering with them, adoption. Um, working with them to different training training their people because we work in insurance financial services they're not very tech savvy they don't always understand the social world how best to use it for their business and that's where we come in with best practices uh giving guiding them along along the way
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that was some of what came up in the social business innovation summit we're going to get into all that in just a few moments but how about Alyssa? so welcome
3: hi (laughs) Um, so before Hearsay, I actually just joined a few months ago, so mm-hmm. I'm less than three months in. Um, so excited to be on the podcast and on your shortlist, Victor. <laughs> um, but before Hearsay, I was at a company called Hightail, and we were in the cloud collaboration space, also doing product marketing.
0: And before that?
3: And before that, I was at another startup, and before that, um, I was a television reporter. Yeah, so. that's
0: what I wanted to get to. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, so it's been an interesting uh, few years. It's been, you know, a lot of people think that TV is really different than the startup world in tech, but they both move really fast, and um, it's been really cool. Product marketing, I always think of as, like, storytelling mm-hmm. for a product, so.
0: And I'm going to circle back to this, but where, where were you from originally?
3: Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. Louisville, Kentucky, home of the Derby and Bourbon.
0: Yeah. And you were, did you get out there for the Derby this year?
3: No, but I was at Churchill Downs just two weeks ago. So I got in, I got a little, a little horse racing in this season still.
0: That's right. And how about yourself, Jenny? I know you're not originally from California. I I am a transplant
2: here. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm originally from Kansas, so we've got the two K states.
3: College basketball,
0: people. Mm -hmm. Kansas is better. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) I went to UCLA (laughs) to talk about college basketball. We had a dynasty there for a while. We haven't done as well lately.
1: I'm originally from India. I moved to the States... um, almost 11 years coming up. So Mm -hmm. I went to Pittsburgh. I did my master's at Carnegie Mellon, Mm -hmm. lived in New York for eight years, and now I'm in San Francisco.
0: All right, so we got a couple, all transplant. I'm the only native in the room right now, just grew up. Welcome
1: to the best coast. Yeah,
0: (laughs) the best coast. Well, I made
1: made my way out here eventually.
0: Yeah, well, San Francisco, which really brings us to the fact that we did have the Social Business Innovation Summit uh, this past week, as I mentioned. It is an annual event, so this was our third annual event, where it really is based on bringing the best in financial services with the best in technology. And so the entire event is really more to kind of encourage this thought leadership around technology, around disruption, and around this whole digital transformation that we're seeing, not just in financial services, but we're seeing in every kind of line of business. And so, you know, leveraging, if you will, the relationships that Clara and Steve and Michael and the senior leadership that we have here at uh, Hearsay Social, we're able to invite a very dynamic group of speakers, both within the industry of financial services and outside of the industry, to really kind of challenge everybody to start thinking differently and to embrace this new mindset. Uh, So we really are, the event is really designed to both inspire and to provoke, you know, thought. So at the end, you know, you hope to look into the audience of our customers, our partners, and the people we have relationships with, and you're hoping that they're sitting there either perplexed, mind blown, or they're scratching their head trying to figure it all out. Uh, It is a two-day affair. We usually, the main event which took place yesterday, which was on a Wednesday, was a half day of sessions that take along kind of more of a TED-like approach, right? Which is where the people come out, they speak for about 20 minutes, or we have a fire. Sounds like we have something going on outside. You guys hear that? Yeah. All right. That's San Francisco. You know, every now and then, it's not New York, though. At least it's a little quieter than it yes. is in New York. <laughs> that, we only hear that every now and then, which is why we even li- we hear it. In New York, it's happening it's, all, the time, it's all the time. That all the time. They don't even hear it anymore.
1: <laughs> I miss it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <just saying. laughs>
0: so uh, I was saying that, you know, in bringing these, uh, these individual thought leaders to this space is really to start talking about this, you know, accelerated growth of technology and the impact. That it's having on people's businesses but like I said it's a two-day affair so yesterday was the day where we had this Ted like kind of approach mm-hmm. to sharing from these thought leaders uh, a couple fireside chats where we were talking to the specific individuals from uh, some of our customer base so we had Tosh Elwin who's the president of Raymond James and Associates in the private client group who um, did an outstanding job sat down with Claire at least off the kickoff and then a little later on also had a conversation with Knut Olson who's the uh, Senior Vice President of Mission Advancement, I love that title, with uh, Thrivent Financial, and they had a conversation. And so we'll probably talk a little bit about that. But uh, in, addition to, in addition to bridging the financial services industry with uh, some of the startups and some of the uh, innovative thinkers here in Silicon Valley, we had uh, Dan Preston from Metro Mile who joined us, as well as David Girard uh, from Upstart, and looking at the disruption, if you will, that's taking place in the lending market and then, uh, and then to close off the event, we had a really fascinating discussion with Elad Gill from Colored Genomics. Uh, did I say that right? Colored Genomics? Genomics? I'm, I'm getting some nods. I think that's or right. Yes, yeah. or is it Genomics? Guys, I think I
1: think it's let's just, go with Genomics. I think, I think genomics. what you said earlier is right.
0: Okay, thank you. Yeah. See, I crowdsourced that, so that's good. And uh, really <laughs> taking a look at the disruption that's taking place very specifically in the healthcare and health services so we'll get into a little bit of that we won't go too much into the material because i'm more interested in what the reaction was right so that was day two of a two-day series because the first day which was actually on tuesday we had a series of council meetings so council meetings are typically individuals that we invite to have conversations around compliance adoption user adoption growth technology and um there's a compliance council there's a executive council there's a number of different people and all these conversations are taking place at various levels but for the most part thematically it's really looking at how are we helping this industry move forward so the reason why i invited all three of you obviously is because you're all very involved so both divya and jenny were part of the social council meetings that took place yet on tuesday and then Alyssa, you walked around interviewing a lot of the people who were actually at the event yesterday and i was very curious about your takeaways your own individual takeaways of the event but also the reactions and the conversations you were having with our clients. So why don't we start off there? I'm just kind of curious, in your own general observations, we'll start over here with Divya. What were your observations, this being your first innovation summit? Right. Um, what did you think of the event?
1: As you said, it was my first, first event. So f- first of all, I was amazed with the number of our clients who made it, and at, you know, at very senior levels. We had executives from a lot of our top customers be there. So that was amazing. and. Uh, and it was interesting, you know, we all get so bogged down in our own, you know, day-to-day activity, day-to-day what we need to do. It was great for us from you know for even for me to take a step back and just to learn what's happening in the industry. Mm-hmm. What are the different challenges that each of my other customers are facing? I'm not working with them, but just to hear about that, okay, we're all, you know, almost sometimes in the same boat. We're all trying to face the same challenges and also even what's happening, what's coming down five, 10 years, because that's the kind of questions, discussions we had with Tash, with Kanute, like what's next, what, what do they see coming in the future, and start put, wearing that hat on as we're working through my day to day, so learning about that too. Mm-hmm. So that was great for me personally, uh, that, that's what I took away, and you know, the other piece was it's always great to meet our customers, to talk to them face to face, to connect with them, you know, build that relationship. So I think that was the other piece, other objective of a event that mm-hmm. that I enjoyed, and I know our customers enjoyed because talking to each other, learning from each other, the challenges they are facing, things that they are doing that's working for them that they can that that they can adopt. You know, so that's that was great for me.
0: Mm-hmm. This was only my second innovation summit because I had participated in the year before. We worked together, Jenny you and I, and, and doing the social council, and then also obviously during the actual event itself. And I would echo exactly what you said, that I think that what comes with doing this on a repetitive fashion, and the fact that we've established almost like this baseline of the types of events that we run, and we got some great feedback on this, and the types of people that come together. For me, from a customer advocacy side, what really warmed my heart was like on Tuesday, or at the dinner, or where we get together, you're seeing these people who for all other reasons, they're competitors, like they compete. But in this case, when they're talking about social and digital and they're looking at ways, they can have these relationships where they share more in common and the challenges that they face day to day than any sort of petty competitiveness that they have. And I think that everybody kind of recognizes and we see this not only in our events, but when we participate in partner events like Limra Social or Sifma or Gamma Lamp, that uh, when it comes to social, when it comes to these things, we're all just trying to raise the bar, you know. We're all trying to just improve together. So, what about yourself, Jenny? What do you think? Uh, your observations. Was this your third Innovation Summit?
2: Yes, it was. Right. Um, the last two have been the largest, though, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, every time we put on an event like this, I get more impressed, mm-hmm. really. And I, I think our customers feel the same way. Um, I even like from the council, for example, leading the council with you, Victor. I learn new things and I work with these customers every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but still I learn new things from them and m- I mentioned this during the council. My favorite thing about all of these events is them getting together and learning from each other cuz mm-hmm. no matter how much I I converse with them about best practices and th- things I see that other people are doing well, um, they don't they they get the most out of learning from each other cuz mm-hmm. their counterpart at a different company has a lot of that knowledge and, you know, may be successful in one thing, but may need help in another. So yeah. it's always great to get that group of people together.
0: Yeah, we consistently also send out a survey after the fact to just, you know, gauge exactly what, what sessions they liked, um, um, at least in the council, what 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 resonated, what added the most value. And, and we also always leave out a, a certain section, which is kind of a free form, where the people can actually type in specific feedback, you know, in the other field. Is there anything else you want us to know? And it's always very encouraging to me that the feedback's very positive there where they say, I really like the opportunity to network with my peers. Like, that's where they get the most value. And when you see them kind of exchanging phone numbers insofar as um, let's reach out to each other, let's continue, let's continue these conversations. And we always encourage people in saying, don't let this formal session stop these conversations. We really are looking at building this community. For you to have and continue having and using each other as resources to help you with these challenges that you're facing day to day. So Alyssa, this was your first Innovation Summit, and you come at it from a different lens, right, from the product marketing standpoint, so I'm kind of curious, what was your, uh, your reaction and thoughts?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of my job um, in working very closely with the sales team is talking about, you know, looking at our product. And then deciding how do we tell the story about our product? How do we message it? How do we see if it can it resonates with these people who attended the conference mm-hmm. with our customers? And so, you know, I think especially in financial services, we're in a relationship based business. And everything that we're doing from a technology standpoint at Hearsay Social is really enabling that face to face conversation at the end of the day. So, you know, it's nice to, for, us ourselves, you know, we are in the office every day and getting to have the face-to-face conversations with our customers. Um, for me, I don't get as much interaction with them, so it's really cool to uh, talk to customers. Um, I also think, you know, from like the presentations and everything, it I felt very optimistic mm-hmm. coming out of the conference. You know, I think that it's cool to kind of look at even even looking at the audience's sort of faces, our customers' faces, during presentations when we were kind of talking about, you know, where are we going with, you know, websites and mail and um, SMS and, you know, coming from a social product and then expanding to this omni-channel sort of uh, vision. It was cool to just see people's faces sort of light up mm-hmm. at the conference. So I think it's cool. I mean, it, it was great. It was, uh, it's also just... I think something that's really special about this conference, I was at a Limer event uh, last week in Baltimore, you know, you go to these industry-specific events, and then on the tech side, that's in the financial services side, and then on the tech side, sometimes, you you know, you go to a Facebook event or you go to LinkedIn or Salesforce, but bringing both financial services and technology together in one room, a hundred people is pretty special, so.
0: Yeah, it was. I think what, what and, and I can, relate to what you're talking about as far as like watching people's faces light up and such as we start introducing new arenas because as many people knew, and this came up yesterday, was the fact that for the longest time, Hearsay Social was very specifically focused on the social component of digital transformation. And with the predictive social suite that was announced in February and expanding our base into looking at other digital technologies, which advisors and the financial services communities using day to day and needing to adapt and evolve into that we are really looking for their guidance insofar as are we approaching this in the right way? Are we providing the right kinds of tools for you based on the challenges that you're facing? So, what one of the sessions that I really enjoyed as part of the social councils we had Steve Garrity, who's the co-founder and uh, chief technology officer, which we've profiled on a podcast in the past, and he used this almost as this uh, focus group, like a vocal checkup. And so in the session he's bas- he was talking about things like you know mail and, and SMS and all these other types of, of areas that, that we could consider in trying to gauge what is the reaction and which one would people prioritize and what's important to them um, in order for them to connect with their customers and stay you know relevant. So very interesting session in that.
2: And I also think it's really neat when customers come back to headquarters after meetings, or after, these, after the summit, for example, mm-hmm. and talk like sit down and talk with our engineers that are working on these products. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a very good customer of mine come in and spent maybe an hour with our engineering team that's building out the the mail and the SMS product. So we are always open to hearing that feedback, and I, I, I think it's just really nice that our engineers want to know what drives, drives business for um, our customers and then also what they need. hmm
1: and, like, one of, so one of the customers who was at the event, he's like, when is the a mail product coming out, I want to be in one of the test group." Like, the excitement, they're like, we're going to test it out. Mm-hmm. Even before it's out, it's great to hear that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're on the list. And even just talking.
0: I think my ride's here. <laughs> 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 what's going on? There's, what's crazy is there's a canal out there. So it's not like there's a street. So is Maybe there a was boat?
3: A boat horn.
0: A Where boat horn. All right, we got to check this out. So we're it's we're checking train. this out right now. Just doing a play by play. It's the end train. It's, it's the end train. Okay. okay. All right. So back to the podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, just going back to the session we had with Steve Garrity, and mm-hmm. I just remember it was thirty or forty-five minutes long, and mm-hmm. everyone was so they had so much feedback mm-hmm. and things that they wanted to do. It's. It's great to hear our customers coming back and be like, oh, could we do this? Uh, this is some of the feedback. It's good to hear from them because they're using a product mm. and they're just so invested in a product just to see the enthusiasm with the way they were sharing their feedback and the different requests that they had when Steve, Steve came out. I think that was amazing. I really enjoyed his session.
0: Well, what I enjoyed about it was y- you can only arrive at that level of trust, I think, for him to, to ask these questions and for them to provide very honest feedback in a mixed group setting like that, if you've built the credibility where they know that what they say could potentially happen, that there's a probability that we will actually take that feedback and actually take action on it. And that only happens if you've proven yourself throughout. And so one of the things that was very encouraging to me about the entire Innovation Summit was not only are we challenging the industry in thinking in new ways and new directions, But at the same time, we're also answering on the delivery side. That said, you've gotta let us know if these are the types of challenges that you're having and if we're tapping into the right kinds of pain points to provide solutions. Does that make sense? So to me, it's really great where it's this, it's almost like this contract that we have that says if we can all recognize that we're having these issues and challenges based on what the consumer's driving, that the consumer is in control, and I think that that was part of it. It's almost like this collective understanding. We're all kind of nodding our heads and saying, yeah, you know, when it comes to the buyer's journey, the consumer is in control. For us to say, we want to help this industry. Tell us how we can help you, because we have the technology. And now we've established a credibility to provide an answer.
1: And being vertical helps, mm-hmm. because yes. we're in the same in the, all of us in the same space. So we better be answering and working towards the pain points that they are facing, mm-hmm. and which will help all our customers.
0: Absolutely. So I'm using an Eli word there, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so this was the second year that I was working in the social council with Jenny, and as part of that process, you know, we kind of experiment with new ideas and new approaches. And so one of the things that was new this go round, and I'm kind of curious because this was your first mm-hmm. take, um, was was really bringing in at least the onset for the first part. We did the introduction to the advisor of the future. Steve came in and spoke, but we did it in a mixed company. In other words, we had the folks from compliance with the folks from social together. And what was really interesting to me, at least in the discussion, was the fact that they do continue to kind of come at it from a different lens. But I got a sense that from the compliance side, not so much as a word like a resignation, but an acceptance of the fact that social was here to stay. So most of their requirements were now falling. And not so much can this be compliant as much as help me with reporting Help me with more like the administrative tasks that are part of the process. So what did you think about that kind of bridging those two worlds together and the kinds of conversations that they're having at these events?
2: I thought it was really good to have that uh, first part with both groups. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, generally the compliance folks that do come to these events are advocates and they understand Mm -hmm. that social is here to stay and they just want to make it more efficient and better for Mm -hmm. their teams. Um, So I I think it's always good to have a compliance perspective um, Across basically any conversation, um, so I think it was a really good idea, and hopefully we can do that again next year. The one piece of feedback though that I did hear is people wanted more time to to chat and mm-hmm. have you know conversation. I think that's our feedback all the time, mm-hmm. um, like every year when we've done this. So um, hopefully we'll be able to integrate more conversation into. Um, next year's event as well.
0: Yeah, I think what we're gonna need to do is make it a full day session. It's, how, it's hard to have these very deep kind of conversations, especially as the groups get a little bit larger um, in, in a half day session. And there's so much uh, of an appetite to having these conversations and best practices. Um, one of the other t- differences that we did this year is we did invite two of our clients to come and kind of give a case study and share with them exactly what they had done, their challenges, their ongoing challenges, and then use that as an opportunity, almost as a, as a soapbox, to present their, their challenges and present their, what they've been doing, the things that they like, things that they'd like to see different, and then use, if you will, the collective intelligence of the room to kind of help them, you know, and to drive those conversations. So I, I'd say, you know, the council meetings continue to being a very valuable uh, component, if you will, of the Innovation Summit and what we're hoping, and I've said this before on podcasts, is to take a lot of these themes and the conversations that we're having with our clients on the road. You know? So going back to Chicago, where we did an event in May, and then also going back to the East Coast, either Boston or New York, um, later this fall, and doing and repeating a lot of the same kind of events. And, we, as, and as you had said, Jenny, we learn you know, with each time. So even though we're immersed in this space, you're still learning. And that's, that's something that I think that the industry's come to accept when it comes to technology. We're all still learning. So that's a great segue, I think, to the Innovation Summit, because like I said before, it was really meant to inspire and provoke thought leadership and changes that are taking place in digital transformation. And Clara kind of kicked things off, if you will, in just talking about this accelerated growth of technology. And she talked about how the financial services industry is at this crossroads where they really need to kind of embrace, if you will, this new technology in order to avoid this obsolescence and the, content, the potential threat that continues that's coming from, you know, a less traditional model, which is the robo-advisor and these commoditized, you know, direct-to-consumer models. And so I think that, you know, her kind of kicking things off was to kind of shake things up a little bit. And it's not unlike some of the rhetoric and, and themes that she's talked about in the past, but it was really saying, you know, how do we use the technology, the big data, and the machine learning and all this data and information at our fingertips, and it's getting cheaper and cheaper to retain and to, to, to acquire so that we can provide better relationships. And so I was just kind of curious as to whether or not in the reactions you were seeing or the conversations you might've had during the breaks or a list of the conversations you had direct with our, with our customers and the people that were in attendance as you were walking around, including some of our partners. Um, what, what was the feel, general feeling you think on that message?
3: Yeah, so I think that in, you know, talking to some of our customers, I think what was exciting was to hear that they starting with social and then extending into these, um, into new marketing channels, it was really resonating with them. And it's not like social is done, you know? Um, we have so many customers, I think, that are still trying to get adoption and, you know, get their advisors and agents to actually use the product and use it better and more successfully and um and all of that but i think that they understand that um there are other channels that um that need to be sort of revolutionized as well you know and i i talked to a few customers who who said you know it's exciting to sort of hear clara talk about hearsay social expanding because we need to do this and because we're using social and it's working we know we can do more, and mm-hmm. that's that's exciting. I think that the idea that there, you know, there's a lot of data out there, and there's more you can do with that data, and revolutionizing, you know, everything from websites to email, all these sort of, you know, uh, channels. It's uh, it's something that I think was really resonating with the
1: with the group of people I talked to. Mm-hmm. And one of the themes that was across with all our speakers was using predictive data. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are going. It's all going towards predictive data. We need to know what's happening, understanding, and predict before, you know, what our consum- what their consumers or their customers want. So we are going in that footsteps with our websites, with our mail product, and helping them meet some of those challenges before they become really big hurdles, I think. Mm-hmm. My customers really liked what Clara had to
2: say as well. It was the highlight of their day, actually. So um, knowing what we've been building for so long and talking about building for so long, hearing that it is resonating and people are excited about it um, really makes me happy and um, brings another, like, more of a drive to my everyday work. And I think that's the same with everybody here.
0: Mm -hmm. And going back to what you had said about the predictive social analytics, that was something that Tosh Elwin kind of touched on in his fireside chat. With, uh, with Clara at the beginning where he was really saying, look, the, the fact is that there is a place for digital. There is a place for this big data, these analytics that can help us provide the kind of information, but it can't replace what these advisors do best, and that's having that relationship and be able to kind of... So the idea basically was this concept of saying, let me use this data. Let me use this information to enrich these relationships so not necessarily and i think this is what we this is kind of our position is is looking at technology not to replace human capital but to enhance it right and that is something that we Mm -hmm. constantly say is don't look at it as a threat as much as an opportunity and you know if anybody really is threatened by a robo-advisor or direct-to-consumer model as steve garrity had said well that's typically a bad advisor or someone who's not really bringing you know an adding value to the relationship
3: right yeah i think that um it was interesting to hear that on the spectrum of sort of like uh advisor that doesn't perform as well to your top advisors it it, i heard with multiple customers they were excited for those top advisors to be enabled by Mm -hmm. this technology and they said you know our top advisors they will use these products like they will use if you have a great you know website product or a mail product or you know text messaging like we have people that will be able to to do that, some of the people on the lower end, we still have to get them on social. But um, I feel like they were, re- you know, it's like there was there's an optimism, but also realistic mm-hmm. um, about the segments of you know their agents and advisors that'll also be able to
1: like adopt and really um, use these technologies successfully.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cause it's a relationship building industry we i know it's a financial services industry it's all about the money but we forget it is relationship building it's it's very personal it's about within wealth management or broker detail it's about people's money mm-hmm. it's it's very personal and i know victor when you were talking about you know when you were in business with your wife earlier how you know you build a relationship with with your customers and you spend more time talking about each other's life than mm-hmm. Uh, than how their accounts are doing. Exactly. So that's what I think with Clara's the way she ended, it's, you know, the robot advisors cannot replace the relationship Mm -hmm. that a real human being can have with their customers. Mm
0: -hmm. And that came up as part of the conversation related to content because two of the themes that really came up a lot uh, throughout the conference, but specifically to the council, was the need for better content, content that's unique to this audience and how they kind of arrived at the fact that, you know, in financial services, we all seem to think that the financial services type of content is really what's going to resonate, but that's because we're very comfortable with it when you work in financial services. But what your customers really want to hear and what they want to see is they want to hear about you and your family. They want to see the pictures of your kid playing baseball. Those are the things that kind of resonate. That really are the more the human element. And then I think the second area um, outside of content was a discussion now at the point we're saying we really want better analytics, we want better metrics. We want to be able to say what's working for us. So if we've bought into the idea of doing social, tell me what content's working, tell me when's the best time to post, you know, using this these analytics now to to do the job better. So it's not about, you know, whether I should be doing it anymore. It's I want to do this better, right?
2: Right. Another thing I wanted to mention too was that you know, during a decent economy and a decent market, um, robo advice is probably fine, right? It's fine for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But in that bear market, when the economy crashes a bit, you need someone to help walk you through it and help you help help you decide what to do next. Yeah, um, having that friend, right, really tell you what to do. It, 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 that relationship building is key during something
0: like that absolutely and it was part of the ongoing conversation on robo-advisors you're exactly right it's untested in a bear market it's very easy to accumulate assets during a a bull market uh, to contribute like we've said before to a to a uh, direct consumer model open up an account you know set up an asset allocation based on your risk tolerance and just watching this thing grow and as long as things are good you don't really have to talk to anybody but it's when things turn around that you do need to talk to somebody. And I think that that's where the relationship and the value that's being added. You know, and the other thing too is a lot of these decisions that you make for finances are based on the information that you know about yourself. And so unless you have that relationship with an advisor who knows what your goals are, they no robo is going to stop you from making a bad decision. And and so what I mean by that is and and we talk about how, you know, Kim, my wife and I used to work with our clients. We knew what their goals and aspirations were, where they wanted to buy a second home or they wanted to buy a boat. And so when they came to us with an investment option or something that they wanted to, we would know, we would be able to say and look at them in the eye and say, yeah, but this goes against what you wanted, which was a boat or a second home. So you're fighting yourself. And no robo is going to stop people from making bad decisions like that. All right, so getting back to the Innovation Summit, we had some very dynamic speakers who were joining us from local upstarts, different companies and startups here in the, uh, in the Valley. And I was just kind of curious from your perspective, uh, we had uh, Dan Preston from Metro Mile, which is really looking at ways of kind of revolutionizing the services that are supporting the car ownership and very specifically the insurance market. Uh, we also had David Girard, and I hope I'm saying his right, name right, from Upstart, which is really looking very specifically at the lending market and trying to attract this kind of younger demographic that in some cases is challenged with getting loans from more traditional mediums. And so I was kind of curious, what do you think those two gentlemen, and then we'll get to the, the healthcare stuff later, but what do you think they bring to the table insofar as the social media and financial services and that kind of conversation?
1: For me, what it was interesting to see is uh like if we talk about financial services not being that innovative. They're a little late to, you know, adapt. And you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but, but there's now so many startups in Silicon Valley approaching the some challenge, solving the challenges of financial services. They're getting more innovative. How to solve some? How to revolutionize the car insurance space, uh, the lending space, and I think it's a great. It was great for our customers to be there and be like, they need to start thinking about being innovative in their own, they're, they're big companies, they work slowly, but they start being innovative because they may be, they they need to learn how to evolve as well. And yeah, I'm sure, you know, listening to Dan Preston and Dave Gerard, I i think that really sparked those thoughts in their mind for them to go back to their teams and now have those discussions among mm-hmm. themselves.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's what, that's what the purpose is, is really to kind of like spark these ideas and, and I think that that's part of the benefit of coming to San Francisco is that you get away from your businesses and you're in an environment with other people that are all kind of willing to start listening to new ideas. And so what they're really doing is saying, hey, we took a look at the car insurance industry. This is what we're doing to kind of approach that. Hey, we've taken a look at lending and we feel that there's a need. This is what we're doing to develop, to provide a service for, for consumers.
3: Yeah, and I think that, you know, What was so interesting about um, Dan and and Dave's talks was that, like, I came away thinking the barrier to entry is so low to disrupt Mm -hmm. um, so many industries. And so um, I think that it's sort of a kick in the butt for financial (laughs) services folks to Uh say, like, it's time to double down on what you're good at. And Mm -hmm. what you're good at is relationship building and you're good at people. And this is what you've always done. So... Um, you know, use technology to enable that. Yeah, you're already good at that. Yeah,
0: and it should have been an eye opener from the standpoint that if these individuals were able to do what they've done with the kind of capital that they have access to, you start thinking, what could these large organizations with much deeper pockets? What are they capable of if they really put their minds to wanting to challenge and get more innovative? And and so that's that's where I see this like this bridge between innovation and. and and, uh and more traditional models and that's kind of the role i think that we play and it's the only conference that i know of that does exactly that which brings this innovation and the conversations that are taking place which for us quite honestly being here in the san francisco area being in silicon valley come quite comes quite natural to us but a lot of our clients and customers that are coming out from the east coast or the midwest or different parts of the country they're not living and breathing it as we do and so it's really refreshing to see that this is really just sparking this surge of creativity and i can't wait to hear the feedback on the survey results but more importantly i can't wait to see what changes might take place between now and the next innovation summit Uh,
3: and i
2: i really liked how knut olson from Thrivent came along and was just basically preaching to everybody saying you be the disruptors like Mm -hmm. it's important for you guys to take all of these ideas and take them back to your company so you can you can be that disruptor and sp- spark those conversations. And I know like, there was a question from the audience, someone was like, well, how, how do you become that disruptor? Like, what, mm-hmm. what do you need to do? And it's, I guess, really just being vocal, right? Mm-hmm. Being vocal and and getting the right people that have the same ideas as you, surrounding surrounded by you, um, and just keep on pressing on.
0: Well, the final presenter that joined us, and it was it was probably one of the most interesting ones because it was outside of financial services, was Elad Gill, who's the CEO and founder of Color Genomics. And um, he, he put up some slides there talking about the longevity and the expectations of how long people could be living. And so he was talking about 100 years to 120 to 200. I think he actually had a graph that said 500 years. And I don't know about you guys, but the first thing I thought about was I'm not contributing to my 401k enough. You know if that's the case if that's where we're headed and i went home and i talked to kim and i talked about the presentation and i said yeah he was actually proposing the fact that people could live upwards of you know four to five hundred years and she's i i don't want to live that long and and i asked her well what's the you know what's the anniversary gift for a hundred years of marriage you know from that standpoint (laughs) assuming i'm assuming we'd still be together so anyway what were your thoughts on that because it was really kind of out there as far as his presentation and, and it was kind of neat because it was like through kind of a last-minute zinger there, right at the end, to really kind of challenge people's thinking, if you will.
2: Well, the health—I mean, the health industry has just as many barriers to entry as financial services. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, a lot of regulation, etc. So I, I liked how he brought that in at the end too. You know, he, he made us think way differently, like out of the realm of financial services the whole time, and then he brought it back to, brought it back, circled back and. You know, it's re- he's really facing a lot of the same challenges financial services is. Mm-hmm.
1: I really enjoyed Elad's, you know, it was different in a way, but how it still impacted financial services, mm-hmm. like how there's uh, there are synergies between the two. Yes, you know, they both have regulatory bodies that governs them. And it's really hard to innovate, but at the same time, if people do live 500 or even 120 years, what does it do to life insurance? What does it do to different aspects of are you saving enough are you saving enough for your kids right Um, what does that mean i was just thinking about all that down the future i'm like that's crazy like our parents i'm so glad we're living longer with you know with healthcare and technology and we are going to live longer than them hopefully Mm -hmm. touch wood knock on wood and so will our kids so it was amazing like when you said okay so what does this mean for all of us in the room here
3: yeah, and I think that, you know, he spoke specifically with his company about um, some of the factors. He was talking about breast cancer and some of the risk factors for women who um, are more likely to develop breast cancer. And I mm-hmm. thought it was so interesting to think about all the data we now have access to. But, you know, like access is one thing. Um, what are you going to do with the data? Mm-hmm. Is, and, you know, and that's what his company is is looking at. It's like, We have this information we can screen you and then what do we do well early mammograms and you know doctor's visits you know when you're in your 20s or 30s and Mm -hmm. those kind of things and you know it links back to this whole idea of like predictive data and analytics because when you have so much information about people um you have the data and then the question is what are you going to do with it Mm -hmm. and i think that you know it comes back to to some of the stuff we're doing here at Hearsay Social and some of our, what our customers really want to do with the data they have with, you know, prospects and um, and their own clients um, and, you know, how can they reach them in a better way and do something with the information that's mm-hmm. in front of them.
0: Yeah, and so just to kind of circle back, it takes us back to how Clara kicked it off at the beginning and talking about big data analytics and machine learning and, uh, and how, you know it how that's going to scale and and not only improve people's businesses but then be able to leverage that information to create much richer relationships so all in all i mean my takeaway from the innovation summit is once again i just love working for an organization that is kind of you know right at that cutting edge and 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 kind of pushing the industry you know forward but but the one thing you know between the last innovation summit that i participated and this, particip- this one that we participated just recently was I got a sense there was a greater willingness to listen, a greater willingness to say, I want to give this a try, I want to give this a go. And so I'll be really curious to hear from you, and I'm looking at both Jenny and, and Divya in your conversations with the clients after the fact, like what resonated and what changes they're actually going to implement in their business within the next year and what part we will play in that. And, uh, and I know, Alyssa, you were walking around interviewing people kind of just like on the you know, kind of on the street, said like quotations, but it was really just kind of getting their reactions as it was happening. And so were there, were there any specific takeaways or anything that you recall someone might have said or a conversation you might have had that was either a little surprising or what were they saying?
3: Yeah, I talked to a customer that um, spoke specifically about using Hearsay Social for recruitment mm. um, of uh, agents, um, insurance agents, and um, I thought it was pretty interesting. I mean, he said, you know, that specifically in life insurance, uh, life insurance is, you know, it's a hard industry to recruit and retain agents within. And so he said that, you know, social media, it's no longer like a nice to have, it's, it's so imperative. If we're not there, then we're irrelevant. And so it was interesting to just speak about recruiting um, and sort of keeping their teams robust um, mm-hmm. that way. Um, but yeah, I thought that was, a, it was kind of an interesting insight.
0: Yeah. Well, it was good. Well, it sounds like he just, you know, the message is getting out there and, and it's starting to resonate, which is good. So I, it looks like we did our job in marketing then, right? Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and we got the right speakers. So um, I know there's gonna be additional collateral and information kind of around the Innovation Summit. We just wanted to, while it's still kind of fresh in our minds, sit down and bring to you, you know, some of, the, some of our own talent it was at the event and participated in the council meetings. Our reactions and our observations and the conversations we were having with our clients to kind of share this with everybody, especially that audience that was unable to make the event. Um, like I said, I know there'll be other collateral pieces, a blog post around the main takeaways of the Innovation Summit. And if you have questions, once again, send it to us here at the podcast at onair at hearsaycorp.com. Or you can use our um, hashtag HSOnAir. While we're on the subject of Twitter, um, if you wanna see the tweets that were shared throughout the entire conference, they are available online on Twitter. You use hashtag sbis 15 And I'll include a link to the show notes so you can take a look at what people were talking about. But before I let you three go, we gotta do the traditional three questions. So I'm actually gonna start with Divya, and the questions are, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite movie? And what's your spirit animal?
1: My favorite color is yellow, bright yellow. And with movie, my favorite movie is, one of the favorite movie, Thomas Crown Affair, Mm -hmm. the newer one, I can watch it over and over again. And, my spirit animal, for those who want, for folks who are listening and take a quiz, I took a quiz, I'm not sure which bird, but I, was, I took it a couple of times, it was in the bird family. Mm-hmm. Eagle or a crow, somewhere around there, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'll have to go look it up.
0: It means you like to fly, I think. <laughs> Hopefully
1: not a pigeon. It wasn't a pigeon, I'm sure about that.
0: <laughs> a majestic seagull,
1: hmm.
0: flying over the ocean.
1: That sounds good. That sounds good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How about Jenny?
2: my favorite color is i would say gray
0: gray, gray or blue okay. i wear
2: a lot of gray okay i've learned that could,
0: it's kind of almost blue, like a blue and gray blue thing and gray yeah you have right both now. yeah so <laughs> she lives it
3: i know i, I love what my... kind of gray heather gray dark gray slate
0: oh i didn't even you know there was a different now? <laughs> charcoal is charcoal a gray oh yeah oh, yeah see, it's a little dark that's a little 50 shades of gray people actually that's a whole other podcast okay
2: yeah, so Gray, I would say my favorite movie of all time is probably The Goonies.
0: Really? Okay. It's
2: pretty, it's pretty funny. The Truffle Good Shuffle one. and yeah. all that. Um, and then my spirit animal, I, I did take the quiz a while back. I was some sort of tiger, I think. But hmm. I, I think I'm a fish. Hmm. I think I'd rather be a fish. You know, you can swim around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Enjoy what kind the of water. Fish? That I'm not sure because. I don't know, it could be. I have a lot of
3: questions. I have a lot of follow-up
2: questions for you, Sorry, Jenny. We'll talk yeah. Maybe there. dolphins, because they're that's nice. That's right, that's mine. They're nice. Oh, a oh, Yeah,
0: because nice? they're friendly and they're smart. Yeah. And they can jump and they can play basketball. And they also solve <laughs> crimes. So that's right. if you watch Flipper, they solve crimes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, so color, Kelly green. What's Kelly Ooh, very
0: green? Very specific.
3: It's a, it's a beautiful shade of green. It's uh, lighter than forest green. And darker than Spearmint.
0: <laughs> and plays really well on a podcast, too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we should change that because we say favorite color. But, but we're painting a mental picture. So Kelly Green. <laughs>
3: Kelly Green. Um, movie is Remember the Titans. Ooh, Love a good, a good underdog. Attitude Denzel reflects Washington.
0: leadership, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know that one.
3: Ryan Gosling is in that movie, by the way. I know. He's a little he, a yeah, cowboy-ish like guy. Way before he was big. Mm-hmm. and yeah, he's, he's, like he's like the, the scrawny a, football he's player. He's a old baby face. Yeah, yeah. he's super, yeah. have to watch it again now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then my spirit animal is Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. I remember you saying that before. Wow. Well, Queen Bee as the, uh, the spirit animal. Great. Great. Well, I want to thank all three of you for joining us and sharing your thoughts on the Social Business Innovation Summit, uh, our third annual event. We were really proud from the marketing perspective to have presented this, to have had the participation that we had and the, the enthusiasm. Uh, and the conversation. So uh, something that I think that's just going to be part of our repertoire every year. And so thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you for having
0: us. And for those of you listening, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to uh, tune in to hearsay social on the air. Once again, we always present new shows every Tuesday. We've got an exciting calendar for the month of June and so stay tuned for, for new events. I didn't really have a Ronnie Walk update other than the fact that I know he's in Kansas. Yes, I'm he looking is. at you, Jenny. He's
2: headed to Lawrence, Kansas, I think tomorrow. He just messaged me. Yeah,
0: that's great. Yeah, so Lawrence, got some Kansas. tips for him. Good, good. So we're so excited, he keeps trucking. So Ronnie, for listening, West, always West. We're really pulling for you and can't wait to get a new update. We'll share that with all the rest of you guys, possibly next week uh, when we get together here on Hearsay Social on the Air. So once again, I'm Victor Gaxiola, and my guest...
1: Divya Gupta,
3: Jenny Weens, and Alyssa Desantos.
0: We'll see you next time.
2: Hi.